Welcome to Choosing Leadership, a podcast for high performers with big dreams and for leaders who know that they are more powerful than the level that they are currently playing. I am Sumit Gupta, your host and the founder CEO of the Deploy Yourself School of Leadership. I am here to help the best leaders get better and to help organizations massively improve their output and impact and at the same time eradicating workplace stress. Yes completely eradicating not just reducing completely eradicating i believe in creating a future and a work culture where people wait for mondays not fridays and get to do their most meaningful work the aim of this podcast is not to provide you more content but instead shift the context under which you operate this podcast is titled choosing leadership because that is what leadership is a choice In each episode I will celebrate leaders who have made such choices which are not always easy and comfortable but which has helped them get to where they are today. And let us celebrate the leader in us for choosing to move over our fears, for choosing to be motivated by something bigger than ourselves and for choosing to deal with every challenge that comes on the way. Let us celebrate you right now for stepping into the unknown and taking courageous action as those were the moments when you chose leadership at the end i will share how you can be our next guest on this podcast and with that let's get started ragu is the managing director and ceo at nandan gse limited in the interview he shares his entrepreneurial journey and emphasizes the importance of scaling up and adapting to challenges He discusses the pivotal moment when he shifted from a control-focused leadership style to empowering his team, fostering growth, and creating a sustainable future. Beyond business, Raghu opens up about his personal commitment to family, revealing a touching practice of writing weekly emails to his daughter, creating a legacy of values and connection. This interview captures the essence of a leader who combines business acumen with a deep sense of purpose and familial devotion. Hi, Raghu. Welcome to the Choosing Leadership podcast. Hi, how are you, Smith? I'm Thank doing quite good. Me. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Why don't you start by sharing a little bit about yourself and what is it that that you do these days? Okay. So my name is Raghu Raghu Nandan Jagdish. I am the MD of Nandan GSE Private Limited. The company does a lot of material handling systems and innovation. Basically, we make the world a safer place. whatever you need to lift ship move or convey meaning solutions for that these are used typically in aviation defense and material handling in industry mm-hmm. we are based in nagpur mumbai india yeah thank you for sharing that can you share a bit of your back story how you like started with this is it uh, like did you start the company can you share a bit more about that sure my dad was a retail entrepreneur he was working in a company for 18 years and one fine day when he reaches the office in the morning he sees that the union has decided to strike and the company was shut so instead of mm-hmm. going to work for somebody else he decided he could start something small on his own and that's how nandan enterprises was born it was a sole proprietorship so i joined him about 10 years after that as and when the company was about 19 people strong and in a 1300 square feet factory prime place in mumbai i did my masters at texas a&m university in mechanical engineering Uh-huh. So I did come back with a lot of innovative ideas and thoughts, and I heard uh, Vajpayee speaking, saying India is shining. So this was uh, 
and decided okay i'll come back and help india shine a little bit more and that's how my entrepreneurial journey began and fast forward to today we are spread across three factories close to 1 lakh square feet of manufacturing space mm-hmm. 250 people more than a thousand clients spread across 25 countries so yeah i think it's not bad yeah thank you for sharing that and congratulations for that growth in the last 20 odd years yeah can you share like maybe how was that journey for you stepping into into a company so when you joined were you very young were you joining fresh or did you already had experience and how was that learning as an entrepreneur so one of the decisions that was taken is after doing my be i went straight to the us to do my masters mm-hmm. and so whatever work i did during my masters which was in the school of education or uh, the mechanical engineering department was the only other work i did except nandan mm-hmm. so coming back was not an easy choice to make because being in the us you talk about opportunities and so and so forth but what helped was uh, number 1 911 happened in 2001 mm-hmm. so the passion industry that is aviation where i wanted to work was crashed down and secondly that i had a scholarship all through college so my entire us education was typically like funded by the scholarships so i didn't have to invest too much upfront for myself so coming back was an easy decision that way and third was of course i had a foundation that dad had set up to do but yes coming back was a culture shock because when you come down to india and you realize to work there are more than 150 different kind of inspectors who can come on to you at any point of time and the kind of uh, struggles you need to do for basic things which in a corporate world are supposed to be taken for granted but yeah I, initially it was a little frustrating but then it was i saw it as a challenge i said okay let's grow in spite of this and that's how we went on going yeah and you spoke about making the world a safer place uh, like india shiny can you share a bit more about your vision what is your vision for the future what are you creating so i believe humankind though we have 7 billion people in on earth today and we typically unemployment should never be a problem but we still have problem of the right people at the right place at the right time to augment whatever we can do machines are important that is where the industrialization helps where we are able to do and in this industrialization there is always the problem where material handling is always the last and the biggest bottleneck so i'll give an example india's largest petrochemical company loads close to 640 trucks a day mm-hmm. their machines are entirely automated where the more raw material comes in everything gets made it goes into the gunny bag packs and even palletizes all this is done fully automatically without a man touching the material but at the end of it a forklift comes and keeps it in front of the truck and this hamal goes and drops it down 640 trucks mm-hmm. a day so today it becomes a bottleneck for every company's growth that they can't sustain growth anymore if they are dependent only on manual handling and at the same time there is an aspirational level for growth that people are seeing though we have always heard about industrialization taking away jobs robotics taking away jobs but it has only expanded mm. so that machines always are required to make handling a safer place there is ergonomics there is sustainability there is a carbon footprint that you emit out of doing certain things so when you consider all this there is a lot of pent up demand for your material handling and that's what we do and we are structured in aviation where aviation is growing the plane is 
taking off on the ground. It's very sensitive to quality and reliability. We mm-hmm. do work with defense where I lift anything from strategic armaments to different kinds of missiles to even any kind of material. And finally, in material handling, like I said, for truck loading, unloading, vertical lifts and stuff, that is what we do. Mm. All in all, everything structures to, towards making the world a safer place. That's, that's yeah, yeah. Thank you for sharing that. So what kind of growth or expansion are you looking for, let's say, in the next three to five years? So we had a lot of ambitious plan in 2019-20. Hmm. When global event called Corona hit. So yeah. I saw that, in fact, we pivoted entirely about what we were thinking of doing. And uh, during that time, instead of descaling, we upscaled. We took our old factory, demolished the entire thing and rebuilt it from scratch with a very hmm. modern approach. We, instead of downsizing people, we upsized. So from 125 people, today we are 250. And that's the growth we've built up where I believe now India can make in India and make for the world for sure. For one, number two is aviation, defense and material handling. All three are improving and we're very process oriented. We are aerospace standard, AS9100D certified, ISO 9145000 certified. We go with the best practices of what's available from industry and again, not just in India, but globally. Mm-hmm. So but I think we are ready for catching the next wave of growth, which they say is India's century. And not to be bullish, I think it's at least India's next 15 years. That's the wave that we are looking to tide on. Yeah, yeah. So coming back to like your organization and also for your role as a leader of the organization, what is it uh, that, that you want to happen that is not happening in the immediate short term? I think every organization is limited by the kind of manpower it's got. Mm-hmm. So when capital is... Something that you can't buy overnight, that takes time to build. So that is one aspect where we transition from being a typical MSME organization to where I'm talking about leadership, we're talking about growth, we're talking about new technologies, which like five years earlier, we never even thought. So upskilling and upscaling of the people's thoughts is Hmm. one aspect. The second is, of course, capital, because with opportunities, there's a lot of capital that is required. And capital in India, at least for the MSME, becomes tougher and tougher. So till you reach a certain scale, then again, you will take it up. So in growth, in an MSME is never linear. It will always happen step. So mm-hmm. we are at the top of that next step jump that looks up. Yeah, yeah. And I think you said it very right. You are at 250 people. And I think more than your own drive, a lot of the future growth will be delivered by the people who are reporting to you. Maybe a key set of... Right leaders in the organization. So can you share a bit more, what kind of leaders do you need to hire or build? And then how are you actually doing that? Because otherwise everything boils up to just you as as the CEO. Yeah. So I think going back to Gerber's book, The E-Myth, where even an entrepreneur typically starts as a technocrat Mm -hmm. and then get an idea, you build upon it. In a simple manner, we begin with most of our people as maybe supervisors. Then we upgrade them to managers and then finally to leaders. That's the in-house growth that happens. And when there's a lateral, there's always a risk saying, is the culture fit? Is the person right for that kind of role? Will the others accept him or not? So it's always, a, it has to be an interesting line between a growing inbound talent and also getting in lateral hires from outside. So with that, I think uh, there's a interesting space. Of course, it's not that it is impossible. 
but it does take away a lot of time and bandwidth. Mm. Yeah. Can you share a bit more of that, like supervisor so, to manager to leader, like what separates people from these? Uh, and then how are you helping people like move from one one level to the next one? So, I think a competency mapping system that is required to be done in an organization saying, firstly, what role is required? So the org chart is important. A lot of people make the org chart based on what is there today. But typically you need to make the org chart for what, where you want to go tomorrow. Your vision determines your org chart. And then secondly, what we do is based on the people's competency who are there, we define the competency for the role, which again is wrong. So I, what I do is I see what I need three years later. We have an org chart made based on which we have certain gaps we filled up. And then we go and do a honest evaluation saying, is the current leader the one who will take it to five years later? Or is this something that we will need to do more on that? It's very important that loyalty is important because if people have put in 12 to 14 years with you, it doesn't come, you can't neglect that kind of hard work that they've done for you. So as a leader, as a CEO, my primary job is to ensure my leaders scale up because mm -hmm. a leader doesn't more followers, a leader generates more leaders. So as a top management, as long as we don't put in the effort to develop our leadership, that is the second line or the KTF, key team, team, key team members, it will become difficult to grow subsequently because initially maybe I could have easily 70 people report to me, but that was more on a transactional level. Today when I'm talking about strategy, when I'm talking about growth, when we are talking about business development, being in uh, nimble and agile, mm -hmm. we will need to understand what we speak. Otherwise, all that effort goes down the drain. Yeah, thank you for, I think, sharing that like future-based thinking and also like very clearly that it's not your role to create followers around you, but actually to create more leaders around you. So I'm very curious, right? Does that, like, how did that learning itself come across? Because for many entrepreneurs, I think it's very execution-driven. And then they struggle at a point when the company starts to grow because they try to do everything. And so how did, uh, did that came from an early stage or was that like a recent learning? Can you share right. a bit more about that? Yeah. Thanks. Good questions. So up to 2018, I think I functioned like how I saw my boss functioning. That is my father mm. was my you know, only boss. So there the uh, old school thought was you need control on everything. You need to tell people what to do and let mm. them do. So that is how I was working. But 2018, I read the book Scaling Up by Vern Hanish. Hmm. So that book changed my life where I realized that the four decisions that we make about the people's strategy, execution and cash is really what my role is as, an, as a leader. So that's when I start. I created something called the LC or the Leaders Council hmm. because as, as owners of the business, we want people to take up ownership, right? But technically, when you're not owning the company, how do you take ownership? So yeah. that is, we created the one-page strategic plan or the OPSP, where the vision that I documented was co-created along with them. Hmm. The goals for the year were all co-created along with them. And then at the end of it, we published a OPSP and put it up on the wall of every room. And we said, okay, this is the language that we all need to talk. Then hmm. we put our values as realistics, R-E-A-L-I-S-T-I-C-S. That's responsiveness, excellence, accountability, integrity, lean, innovation, continual improvement, and mm -hmm. 50 quality on time and happiness. So that's the, the words of the meaning of each of these was known to each one. And finally, I realized 
when i heard one of sadguru's talks on leadership that a leader basically needs to have only three traits the three i's he calls it the first one is integrity of course uh-huh. that is say what you're going to do and do what you're saying you lead by example the second is the ability to inspire that is the way you speak the way you communicate to your people really inspires them so at the end of the day is not just a paycheck but it is beyond that where do they see the fit with you in your culture they need to mm. feel like a family yeah and yeah third is insights that is with data whatever data i seen can we convert that into insight and then we make executable actionable points as initiatives for the coming time so we transfer that initiatives into insights into what can be in our future growth these mm. two things were scaling up as a book and so i bought a crate of those books i gave it to all my key team members and i said this is compulsory reading when covid happened one of the first things i did was i enrolled for one to one coaching with one mm-hmm. and we were having like a group based code based coaching with them online live those were like really game changers and i have always invested into coaches mm-hmm. where i have a coach with me at any point of time for a particular domain and role because i do know that a business coach is different from a sales coach like even in the cricket team today you have batting fielding bowling and a main coach so in uh-huh. a similar manner you would need a coach for a structured period of time uh-huh. and then you should have conversations with them get coach you need mentors who are from your industry or they know whatever yeah. so i have a bunch of fantastic mentors i have a general who's fought three wars he's 80 but he's got the energy of a 40 year old i have people who work in automotive industry and uh, so on and so forth with all these mentors with all these coaches i grow right and then i give access to my team to get the second round of leadership coaching because for them they don't need the big vision big hairy audacious goals is not their burden to carry but for them maybe 60% transactional 40% strategic is a good mix mm-hmm. and that's when they keep growing and getting it done yeah thank you for sharing that like how much you have invested in yourself as well as uh, like the importance of having somebody by your side and multiple people uh, that you mentioned so it appears like you have like a good trajectory set up for the future can you share what's what's the next what's uh, like the next uh, thing for you you company will grow you have the right support so what's the next big thing on your mind that you want to let's say invest your time invest your energy into right now it's the growth engine the mm-hmm. the train running but unless the engine is upgraded it won't go at a faster speed no matter how good the tracks are so mm-hmm. i'm working on a lot of marketing we're working on strategy we're working on so i'm moving away and away from transaction and leaving that to my leaders operations and projects i'm i'm moving on handing that over to a capable team who's running it mm-hmm. at same time setting it up towards business development setting up dealers in different territories and countries we never had dealers so this year we've started the focus on having dealers in various places who can run we do projects dealerships for projects is unheard of but mm-hmm. working on getting that done we market ourselves like maybe as good as a media company we are creating collaterals we are creating our brand uh, promises we are showcasing that to the customers we are adding value we are doing various things so all this is definitely keeping yeah. me busy for the next at least two or three years and down the line i think somewhere there is a promise i made to mother india that at a relevant time i will end up serving her in maybe 
something to do with the government or industry or whatnot, which mm. is larger role than just a business. So yeah, yeah. I think yeah, that's so, on start sometimes. Yes. Yeah. So coming back to yourself, what is like one skill or one ability that maybe is appearing as a pitfall and that you want to develop so that the company reaches like the growth that you're looking for. And that also allows you to serve the country or do more of what you shared. I think coming from a background where a lot of things that you learned were self-done till for 14 or 15 years, letting go and saying no is very difficult. So you would want to put your hands into everything, put that perfect dots and T's so that your essay that comes out is perfect. So I do acknowledge that once in a while I will interfere into the way I would delegate it to my leaders or let them do it their way. Mm -hmm. That's a very tough to do, but at least the first step is being aware about it, I'm sure. So yeah. at least that awareness is there. keeps me then, okay, I come back. And I think that is the number one thing. And second could be health. The focus on health has not been as strong as maybe doing hard work in other places. So at the age of 44, whether it's too late or just, I think it's one day or day one. So we decided it is day one and let's get started at least taking care of health. Because uh, it was a very important lesson where we realize if health is not there nothing really matters yeah yeah and i think you said it very rightly about letting go right that how that can be a difficult especially when you have a history of operating in a certain way so can you share what what makes it uh, like difficult is it is it something to do with trust is it something to do with like just changing a pattern of behavior what, what is it uh, about letting go that now that you are aware that you will need to do that uh, that it is still difficult or you find it difficult to do that? So I think in a way it has got to do with the OCD of you as an individual generally mm -hmm. who overvalue your own abilities and you undervalue the abilities of the others. If you would do something in let's say two days and somebody takes one week, you would then get irritated and say, this is what talking is so elementary. Why don't you guys get it? And yeah. then unfortunately what happens is maybe it takes them back and they would not then take those risks at all at the expense of doing a job which is not up to the standards at which I can do. But like mm -hmm. I said, it's like if everybody was uh, able to do everything that you do, they might not have been working for you at that level at that age. Or yeah. secondly, if you think that there's an eight-year-old experienced guy, how were you when you were eight years into your business is what mm -hmm. you would compare it. Yeah, so it's also building that empathy and that listening to really see the other person as they are rather than comparing them to what you can do. Yeah. So the respect that you would give them for their ability, that I think is a determining factor at which you would overcome this. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. So we will also wrap this up very shortly. So maybe a question a bit more on your personal side apart from work, right? So can you share something about you that you do or that keeps you busy that maybe most people that you work with are not aware of? So I think relationship building is very important. So my own relationship with my wife and daughter is was like for many years, I said, okay, they're there. But there yeah. was some kind of realization where I said, oh, my daughter. And very soon I would have maybe built Nandan up, but I would have missed the growing age. So I decided to do a weekly email to her. I call it Appa Betigiri. So Appa in Kannada means a father and Betty, of course. So there's a hashtag Appa Betigiri. And every Monday I write an email to her, which is like generally two, three pages long. And 
I would do this on a Sunday morning, early mm-hmm. morning. I would write to her and I would encourage her to write back to me. We will talk about values. We will talk about growing up. She's 11 now. Talked about puberty. We talk about boys. So, of course, we do conversations of these. Those are not on record. Those are only there. So, I was inspired by Nehru's letters to Indira Gandhi. So, when he, mm-hmm. so it's been, I think, close to about three years now. And I've been writing to her upper month on month. And like on her 10th birthday, I compiled those and I gave her a book. She actually cried and told me it's the best gift ever. And even now I see her reading that once in a while and stuff. So that is maybe one one aspect. So a lot of my friends who knew about this started doing this more uh, consciously. Yeah, and yeah. Leaving a record like an email or a writing letter would be a legacy that will be, leave, will be there much, much after you. Hmm. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. I think that's uh, so meaningful that you take the time, but also to do that in a written format. I think there is a so much, a very different kind of thinking that can happen uh, in a written format than when you're just talking to somebody. So thank you for sharing that openly and actually doing it like over a period of time as a regular practice. I'm sure that fills you up with uh, with joy as well as makes a huge difference uh, for your daughter. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Perfect. So thank you, Raghu. I think that was a wonderful place to cap it up, I think. And I think that care must seep into how you lead. We didn't spoke about that, but I think that last part, I think it shows just how much you care. And when you set your mind that you can actually put in that attention. I think it's similar to what you shared, right? You bought up creative books, you distributed, said this is compulsory reading. You did the uh, the one page uh, like strategic plans and then other. Uh, you have invested in people. So I think that is one thing which I'm listening that like you really like care for people and not just care for like growth or like business. It's like a very holistic view. And I appreciate that. I think that's so much more more needed. Feedback that comes rather than just you talking. Today was in fact exit of an employee who worked with me for three years. Mm-hmm. And when I was taking his exit interview, I said, what changes do you see in me? So he said, sir, should I be frank about it? Of course, now you're like leaving today. Nothing to be afraid of. So he said, three years ago, you were like getting angry all the time. You were shouting at us. But today you're not like that. All this time earlier, you were like just trusting it upon us. Today you take pains to teach because you're like the best coach. I don't even understand why you get other coaches. You should come and coach the team because you're doing that so well. You let us make mistakes because making, allowing people to make mistakes is I think one of the most difficult aspects. Mm-hmm. And you talk, you have conversations and he says, that those are few of the things that I haven't really missed. So I said, okay, maybe that's a good feedback to take. So just yeah, up. yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Raghu, for sharing everything. So for anybody who might be listening, what is the best way to reach out to you or find out more about what you are up to? So on LinkedIn, uh, my tag is Raghu Jagdish, R-A-G-H-U-J-A-G-D-I-S-H. I am also the only, one and only Raghu Dawn in internet or anywhere mm-hmm. else. Where else is there? Is so it's ragudon at gmail.com, ragudon.com on LinkedIn, Facebook, all of these. That's the same. Mr. Now, that's my alter ego. You can look about. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm very tempted to ask another question about that, but maybe for another time. Yeah. But for, I think thank that's you for the delight. Story. Yeah. Yeah. And yes, this is not the Don and the Dao Ibrahim types. Don't worry about it. I'm not in that business, but yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. But thank you once again for sharing your thoughts very authentically and being who you are and doing what you do for your company as well as your like people as well as your family. And yeah, I, as we end, I wish you all the best for everything that lies ahead for you. Thank you so much, Sumit. And thank you, listeners, for listening. All this part. Yeah, thank you. It was a pleasure. That's it for this episode of Choosing Leadership with Sumit Gupta. I choose leadership every time I record this podcast. And I invite you to do the same. I invite you to design a life of joy, meaning, pride and satisfaction. Not just for yourself, but for everybody around you. If you got something out of this episode, would you share this episode on social media? And if you know somebody who would be a great guest, can you tag them on social media to let them know about the show? And if you are a leader who wants to acknowledge how far you have come and have big dreams for the future, please reach out to me to be a guest on this podcast. And I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. This is what I do most naturally, to lovingly and gently provoke you, to help you see your own light, to help you see what you are already capable of. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and it means a lot to me and my team. If you want to know more, go to deployyourself.com and subscribe to my newsletter or follow me on LinkedIn. I want to thank everyone who contributed to making this show a reality. And I want to thank you for listening. Always remember that you are enough, you are loved and you matter. This is Sumit. Until next time, keep choosing leadership.